0: We want to be used by God. But many times, many people don't want to wait on what God has for us.
1: Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study.
0: Today here, we're in James chapter 3. And I've entitled this message, Taming the Tongue. There are many things in life that we would like to tame, you could say. Maybe like a bad attitude or an uncontrolled area of sin in our life. Now, to tame, according to the dictionary, means to subdue it or control it. Now, today, we'll consider the taming of of the tongue. The tongue gives us the ability to communicate through speech. And what a blessing that is. That means it gives us the ability to compliment others, to lift them up, and to bless them with words of encouragement. We can tell those closest to us that we love them. We can function with all of, you know, humanity on a daily basis because of our tongues. Yet, as you know, the power of speech can also be abused. It can be used to damage people. It can be used to tear down people, you know, and to curse those that are around us. It was Richard Steele that said this, quote, Fire is a slow engine of destruction compared to the tongue of gossip, end quote. Wow, that's uh, that's true, though, isn't it? Uh, I'm sure that we've all been wounded by words from loved ones around us that were spoken in a moment of anger. Yes, the tongue has the power to do a lot of damage, to hurt people. It has the ability to assassinate the reputation of another person. We've all heard the nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may break my bones, but... Names will never hurt me. I don't know if that's so true or not. Many times bones can heal much faster than a broken spirit. It was Benjamin Franklin, one of our early founders of our country, that said this quote, Man's tongue is soft with no bones, yet just a stroke, it can break a man's back, which is true. Knowing the power of the tongue, we should think twice before we speak. And that's what we're told in James 1.19. It says, let everyone be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. Again, maybe that's why God gave us two ears to hear and one mouth. We should listen twice as much. Well, let's look at our first point, wait and see, as we read together, starting in James chapter 3, verse 1. And we'll just look at this first verse. It says, let not many of you become teachers or those that are more involved with the ministry, my brethren, knowing that as one we shall incur a stricter judgment. Now, this isn't talking about those who serve in the ministry and, you know, maybe, you know, serving in a children's ministry or in the parking lot as an usher, you know, running one of our cameras and what have you. But it's talking about those that are aspiring To teach the word of God, either in a home Bible study or in the church. Now there are some today that see the pulpit with all the lights and they desire to be a teacher of God's word. Especially some of those that would watch someone like me. Well, obviously if he could do it, I could probably do it better, right? Okay, you might be thinking that. And it's a noble calling, though, you must understand, uh, to teach the word of God. But understand also... It is a calling from God. Many of us can desire to be many things in life. You know, you can look at a particular occupation. I want to do that. Then you can put your life's aim at being that particular thing and doing a particular occupation. But the ministry is not one of those things that you can just say, that's what I want to do. It's a calling from God, and not everyone is called to be a pastor, teacher in the church. So James spells out some warnings here to people that aspire to be actually in the ministry teaching the Word of God. He's not saying that if you feel called to teach God's Word that you should just Forget about it. Well, I guess I just have to take that out of my thought. But what he is saying is stop a minute and really think about what it is that you're applying to do. Are you sure that God has called you to do this and it's not just some desire that you have? What he's saying is you should move slowly rather than quickly this was addressed. Why? Why did they address this? Because it was common practice here in this day and age in a church to be seated in a synagogue, and after the service, they would open the floor up to whoever wanted to basically share there. This has happened several times in the scripture. This is when Jesus first opened his ministry. He was there, and he got up and spoke the words of Isaiah, talking about what his desire was to be there. And of course, we see it in Acts 13, 15, it 's many times this is when the Apostle Paul was going throughout the known world uh, you know, to preach the gospel, he would go to the synagogue in that city, and then when they got done with the message, and he would always get up and proclaim and what have you so so they had to address this situation because there was many in that day in those small group settings. That, you know, they would be like, well, hey, I made a comment in, uh, in a Bible study here or there. And, and, and people came up to me, and they, and, and they got a little taste of that ministry. And they'd say, wow, that was so awesome of you. And so people started thinking to themselves, like, well, hey, I could do this. I could just go be a teacher. But we must understand, it's God who raises up a man, not the man who raises him up. God raises, he can raise up and he can sit down. I think about King Saul, you know, back in the Old Testament. God was done with him. Why? He was going to sit him down. Because King Saul was unfaithful. King Saul was rebellious. King Saul no longer did the will of God. He was no longer being the voice to the people that he was supposed to be. So God instead was going to raise up David. And he said that he will be a man after my own heart, meaning he'll be a man that listens to me and does what I want him to do. Yet David, even though he was anointed by Samuel the prophet, and even though he took down Mr. Fo Fum, Goliath the giant, he knew that it's like, I am not gonna take this place of being king until God takes King Saul out of the way. And so I wonder, you know, uh, after all that time, if what was David thinking? Because it was some 18 to 20 years from the time that Samuel anointed him with oil into the time that he actually became the king of Israel. And it's like all that time on the run, but yet we understand by reading the text that God used that time in the molding and shaping David into the man that God desired him to be. He spent most of the time in the desert on the run, looking over his shoulder as King Saul, who kind of turned crazy, was trying to kill him. But God used that desert experience to mold him to be who he wanted him to be. So he made a choice not to just go and take out King Saul. Now he could have made a case for it, right? He could have said, hey, listen, you know, this is something that, uh, that I desire, you know, to do. And I know that God's called me to be the next king. So I'm just going to take out this crazy old man. But he didn't do that. He says, I'm going to wait until God opens the door. And that was the right choice for him. And it saved David many years later, I believe, when David deserved to lose his kingdom because of some bad choices that he made but remember his son was causing a mutiny his son Absalom and he tried to steal his father's kingdom Absalom believed that he could do a better job than his father David could do. And he was convincing the people that David no longer cared for them. Yet God stepped in and stopped that hostile takeover as Absalom lost his life. And David was restored, you know, to his kingdom, but it was by God. Now, I wonder if David would have just taken King Saul out like saying, hey, look, I got the anointing from Samuel the prophet. I'm just going to do this. I wonder if he would have just done that if God would have still spared him later on when the role was reversed in his life. Well, we'll never know that because it didn't happen. He waited on the Lord. But let's put this into light here, you know, on our first point. Waiting and seeing Is what a person is supposed to do if they feel like they have a calling from God. Because many times those who desire to be teachers, they want to rush in. That happened to me. (laughs) I wanted to rush in. I felt a call in my life at 20 years old that God wanted me to be a pastor. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So I wanted, like, okay, in the next, what, two, three weeks, I'm ready let's go, you know, I was ready for it, but it wasn't for another 17 years, because in a sense, I needed that desert time, I needed that time of waiting, I needed that time of getting rid of more of me, so that the Lord could move inside of my life, see, we want to be used by God, but many times, many people don't want to wait on what God has for us, they don't want to wait for Him to open the doors, they want to, let's say, knock some of those doors down instead of knocking on them, knock them down instead of waiting for the Lord to open those same doors. I think that the root of all this stems from pride. Again, thinking that we can do a better job than maybe someone else can. Many times in the zeal to try to make something else happen, we can actually cause it to take longer than what God would have done under His control, if we would have just waited upon him. But let's consider a couple other verses concerning this matter of raising up leaders in the church because this is really what we're talking about we're not talking about just people that are serving in some capacity here we're talking about maybe like uh you know elders and deacons of the church we're talking about future pastors of the church here so what do we use as a scale what how do we how do we make these decisions on who we raise up now we're told Uh, in the scripture many things, and that's what we use. We use all of these here uh, to make those decisions. So number one here, they need to be mature in their faith. So it's not to be a brand new believer. So, you know, many times we can see someone come to know Christ and You know, everyone has a different reaction. Some people come to know Christ and they just kind of have this kind of growing experience and growing in their knowledge of the Lord. Then other people, they just dive in, start reading the word, just, you know, scarfing it down. And that's kind of how I was. I wasn't like that in the first couple months. But right after that, when someone bought me a Bible, I was just eating that word up. So I had a lot of zeal, a lot of passion, but not a lot of knowledge. But I was reading and reading and, and all of these things. But the Bible says, don't raise that guy up too quick. Don't raise him up too quick. We're told in 1 Timothy 3.6, not a new convert, lest he become conceited and fall into the condemnation incurred by the devil don't raise someone up too quick because all of a sudden you know they have this fire and what have you but i've kind of learned in my life watching people when they come to know christ they'll come to know christ they'll embrace it all of these things and then they get hit by an onslaught of temptations and trials and what have you and it really figures out is this person got a real faith or is it not a real faith I mean, think about the different seeds that the sower was sowing in the parable of the sower. He threw some seeds on the ground and some hit the road and, and the birds came and ate it up, meaning the word of God went out to some and birds in the Bible is kind of a description of Satan and he came and ate it up and nothing really came of it. Then there was other ones that they went upon you know, the ground and you know the rocky ground and so there wasn't a bunch of soil there so seeds sprang up But because it had no rooting, you know, it just came. The sun came out and just you know kind of cooked them. so some people will take the word of god in for a moment but then you know it's like the sun comes out and whatever i got better things to do and then nothing really happened then the next ones you know they took root and they grew up but they were in thorny bushes and and they were trying to grow but the thorny bushes were all there the thorny bushes jesus said represents the cares of this life and why well, i'm kind of caught up with this and well i'd rather go on vacation i'd rather do this i'd rather go have fun than you know get involved with church and so the thorns kind of choked them out the cares of this life choked them out but then it was like the four seed that fell on good soil that that grew up and was strong and those are the people that God wants the ones that that are willing to plant their lives in good soil grow in the teaching of God's word and so we don't want to raise up someone too early for ministry in their faith because we don't know which one of those soils they're in so they could look really good for six months, and then they burn out, and they're like, "Oh, okay. Well, we, we don't want that guy." You know, it's like we want someone that's going to be here, you know, for the long haul. You know, not for the for the short call. You know, so not not everyone is called to be that pastor teacher. There are many times that someone new in their faith, you know, again, they're strong at first, but because they're young in their faith, they can become conceited or you know and fall and fail in some other way now the word conceited in the original language means that they get high on themselves it's being high-minded and full of pride and how does that happen Most by believing their own press, right? Isn't that where pride comes from? You know, it's like you're really good. I am. Yes, you you know, you're awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess I am. You know, right? We we start believing our own press. People will come up and say to you, Man, God really spoke through you. Man, that was the best Bible study I've ever heard in my life. And you know, and for the moment, maybe it seemed like it was. Maybe it seemed like it was. But know this: the word of God is what carries the punch, not us. It's the word of God. I mean, you got to admit the Bible is the greatest book that's ever been written in all of humanity, right? So, when I get an amen, it's like, so when I hit a really good text and it comes out really smooth like, "Oh, man, that was smooth." You know, everything was great. It's like maybe it was a good Bible study. There's sometimes I'm up here preaching like, "Man, I'm preaching like a, you know, like a V running on 12 cylinders." Then there's other days not so much. But but it's like if it was a good study it's not because of me when i get those really good studies the thing that i think to myself is this lord don't let me mess it up okay just don't let me mess it. the word speaks for itself don't let me mess it up but that's why when some people do compliment me at the door i'm like well that was a good text well like what else are you supposed to say I mean that was a great text, and I was able to teach it. So praise the Lord for that. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews four twelve, for the word of God it is living, it's active, and it's sharper than any two edged sword, and it's piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the hearts. Wow, that's what the Word of God is able to do. It cuts down deep. It can slide in. You can come in and you think, I've got everyone fooled in life. And the Word of God just slices in and says, no, this is who you really are. Whoa, revelation. My eyes are open. Yes, the Word of God kind of closes our mouth and opens our eyes to who we really are. And that's what James goes after. He goes down the practical side of Christianity. Yes, the Word of God will pierce us at times to the very core of our souls. And it's the Holy Spirit of God that personalizes that Word to the exact place that it needs to reach us inside. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts us of our own sin. He's the one that drives us to that place of repentance Oh, it was the Holy Spirit that spoke to me. It's like, oh my goodness, I'm going to hell in a handbasket. I need... Christ in my heart is my savior. But that's the word of God that does that. Not any man, not any smooth preacher. I mean, obviously, some orators are better than others, but it's the word of God is what packs the power. So we as leaders in the church are to caution those around us that desire to teach God's word. We are to wait and see if God has really called them Every pastor we have here, every elder, every deacon, you know, it's been prayed about. It's like, Lord, is this the person that you want? Is this the person that you want to work through here? Is this the person? Now, look, we can still, you know, put our hands on someone. That doesn't mean that that person might not drop off the face of the earth. It doesn't mean that they might not make some mistakes and what have you. But it's much time and prayer that goes into it. We are to wait and see if God really has called them. We're told in First Timothy five twenty two, he says, "Do not lay hands upon anyone too hastily or speedily, and thus share the responsibility of the sins of others. Because you could have someone preaching in a place here and there, all of a sudden they start preaching some things that aren't correct, and that could cause people to stumble and fall. Yes, if we raise up someone too quickly." We can share in the damage that they could cause to other people in the body of Christ through not being ready to handle the responsibility that comes with godly leadership. And as it says, teachers will incur a stricter judgment. That just simply means this. If you're a teacher of God's word, you teach a Bible study of some kind or what have you, we are responsible for for what we say if we preach a watered down gospel and every preacher on the planet needs to hear this part they need to read this part and they need to heed this part for every person that preaches a watered down gospel because they don't want to offend some people watch out the blood of those who hear you is on your hands There's a temptation now in the church. In fact, I will say that the very place that the United States is in today is because of bad preaching this last 50, 60, 70 years. When we came out of World War II, there was a spiritual revival that happened in this country but there has been bad preaching in churches where people were not teaching the truth of God's word how do we have all this harebrained idea how do we get to the place where we can say that if you were born a boy you can now be a girl or if you were born a girl you can now be a boy how do we get to this place how has this mindset happened and so when you in the church as the preacher and I'm not talking to me here because I'm not preaching that way but for anyone who's teaching God's word or sharing God's word and you're saying, oh, it's okay to be transgender. Oh, it's okay to be homosexual. Oh, it's okay to have an abortion. These are all hot topics today. Nobody wants to touch those things. Why? Because it's going to be offensive. But at some point, the preacher has to understand you're going to offend people. Why? Because it's not you that's offending them. It's the word of God that's going to offend them. Jesus said, people are not going to hate you because of you. They're going to hate you because of me in you. That's what they're going to hate. And so people, I've had people in our foyer chew me out multiple times at the door. It's like, I don't agree with what you said. That's not my perspective. Well, what part are you talking about? And they'll tell me. I go, well, listen, just understand that you're not disagreeing with me. I'm just a delivery boy. I'm just the one that's given the message here. I'm not the author of the book. The problem in the person that you have a problem with is God himself. So just know he's the one that you have a problem with. But understand that every preacher in this world today that doesn't talk about those hot topics that are going to cause division, It's like the blood of your congregation is on your hands. So when you have people come into your church that are living in those lifestyles, and it's okay, and God loves you, listen, God loves everybody, but everyone has to repent of their sin to have eternal life. You know, let's just remember that, okay? We repent. That's how we get to heaven. If we teach strange and bizarre ideas that would lead people away, look out. Look out. The blood is on the hand of that preacher. If that preacher interjects his own personal ideas and thoughts on certain subjects because we feel that in the 21st century, you know, this culture is different, so we have to go about it a lot differently. The word of God never changes. It's like technology changes, fashions change, but the word of God never changes in the heart of the soul of men and women. That will never change. So it's like, no, you can't change. It doesn't matter what 21st century does. It doesn't matter. But blood is on those preachers' hands. We have to watch out. There is a great responsibility to those that teach the word of God. And as a leader, we must be equipped to not only teach but to counsel and to lead, that's part of the calling. And it's a part of the calling for every believer. So when someone comes up and asks you as a believer, well, what do you think about this? doesn't matter what you think. What does God's word say?
1: Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, that's Core Church LA, one word, to 77977.